0: Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter! Hi everyone and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter, another thrill-packed fun brand edition. Fun round? What does that mean? Um, welcome, yes. I've got to say sorry again, haven't I, because it's been bloody ages since I last did one of these. I did manage to get two podcasts out within a few days of each other, but that was mostly because I was able to have a chat with Josh Kirk, uh, who, those for, for those of you who are watching, or rather listening to these rewatch podcasts as you watch the early seasons for the first time. You won't know what Josh Cook's part in Dexter is. Um, He is someone who appears later on in the series. Uh, But I was very fortunate to have a a brilliant chat with him. He was a great guy. Uh, Like David says, very generous with his time, almost to a fault because uh, I fear I almost made him late uh, for leaving for the theatre. He was due on stage about... I think he said about three quarters of an hour after I'd finished speaking to him. So, um, yeah, felt a bit bad about that. But, hey, he was um, very, let's uh, say, very generous and, and didn't really mention he was in quite such a hurry. Uh, so God bless you, Josh. Thanks very much, mate. And uh, it would be nice to speak to him again. I felt that we could have um, carried on talking for a lot longer. I think he and I, uh, we shared some similar tastes in TV shows and films, so... Um, it would be nice to explore a bit more of uh, of his interest there and chat about some of the shows that he's into. So, if you've not heard it yet, please do go back and listen to my conversation with Josh Cook. Uh, for those of you who are listening to these rewatch shows, maybe watching Dexter for the first time, be forewarned that because Josh doesn't appear in Dexter until later on, uh, he, he makes his debut in season six we will obviously be talking about well let's face it will be spoiling for you <laughs> anything that happens up to and including the end of season six so be forewarned if you're not up to date with Dexter we will be uh, chatting about matters arising from season six and bits and bobs from previous seasons so take care there. We certainly do not spoil anything that's coming up in season seven. Josh was in no position to offer any spoilers and I didn't want him to and I didn't ask for any so don't worry about that. I'm still working on other interviewees um, still probing away there trying to uh, line others up Uh, so definitely watch this space and keep your eye on the Facebook page and on the Twitter feed for news about any forthcoming conversations that um, will be coming along. So as I say it's been a while since I last did one of these and once again I find myself apologising it's it's become the norm and (laughs) quite honestly quite frankly I fear (laughs) for season seven. Not fear for the, the content of season seven, but I worry that I'm not gonna be able to keep up with doing a podcast a week. I will I will bust a gut to um to keep up with it and 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 do uh will make every effort to, to get one of these out a week as season seven airs and keep up with the show as it's going on. Um, I certainly intend to, and at the moment, I see no reason why not it It largely depends on how busy at work I am, uh, but as I say, the Facebook page and the Twitter feed will be the places to go to keep up to date with with how i 'm doing <laughs> um, okay so yeah it 's been the summer here uh it's it 's been mixed uh in fact it 's been the summer all across the northern hemisphere, so' <laughs> probably not unusual for most of you that it 's summer um I do say some drivel sometimes don 't i <laughs> uh, yeah it's it 's been fun the kids have been off we 've been doing lots of family stuff we 've had uh, a couple of camping trips away and and it 's been brilliant so that 's one big reason why it's been so long since uh, since i've been doing one of, since i 've done one of these so um yeah you know, i 've just not been around to to get the work done and and preparing these podcasts anyway um I shan't hang around. Uh, it's, it's lunchtime at work, and uh, I've got to get to the shops before I, I finish my lunch hour. So <laughs> let's, let's crack on, shall we? Here we go then. The latest rewatch. It's episode 10 of season 2. The episode title is There's Something About Harry. The original air date was the 2nd of December 2007. Written by Scott Reynolds and directed by Steve Schill. Here we go. back at the cabin and Dexter's inspecting his leg wound. It's a graze luckily for him. Might still be hard to explain to Rita or Deb though. Let's hope it heals before either of them notice. Doakes is still in his cage and he's true to form, brash and giving Dexter shit. It's a good exchange, one we've been looking forward to. Dexter's expressing his frustration at Doakes getting involved. He talks in what seems (laughs) almost like Immature terms, wishing Dotes could have just left him alone to do his work.
1: Why'd you have to go and ruin everything? You're a killer. I catch killers. So do I. I caught you. I'm not a killer. You are. That's why you've always known what I am. That's why you have more officer related shootings than anybody else. Only I don't fuck with you when you shoot somebody. Why couldn't you pay me the same professional courtesy? There's nothing professional about what you do. I kill when I have to, on the job. Look, so it's okay to take a life as long as you get a paycheck for it? The city pays me to keep the law. I've got news for you, Sergeant. My code requires a higher standard of proof than your city's laws. At zero cost for the taxpayer, you ask me, I am a bargain
0: these two actors work so well together. I've always enjoyed the scenes they've shared. I like how they both try to justify their actions. Doakes presses Dexter to either kill him or let him go. Dexter holds the cards really. Doakes doesn't know the details of the code preventing Dexter from just killing him. However, Dex does have a serious problem here and he's going to have to do something about it sooner or later. Leaving Doakes to rot in the cage will be tantamount to murder anyway, and the code would prohibit that. Next morning, Deb has Dokes's phone records, and they see that LaGuerta spoke to him just after the manhunt for him began, implicating her. Deb and Lundy debate who gets the job of pulling her up. Deb revels in the opportunity to see LaGuerta get torn off a strip, but hesitates at the prospect of being the one to do it. The conversation ends with a downer, as Lundy points out he'll be leaving once the case ends. It's a reality check for Deb, who we know has gotten close to Lundy, and gets a casually dropped reminder that he doesn't intend to stick around once the case is done. Meanwhile, Dexter's breaking back into his own apartment so as to avoid the feds guarding his front door. The irony is amusing. (laughs) Dexter considers the situation, knowing that by the rules of Harry's code, Doakes doesn't deserve to die. As we go to flashback, Dexter ponders how Harry never prepared him for this one, and he wonders what Harry would do. In the flashback, a young Dexter and Deb observe a murder scene being attended to by Harry. It seems he was probably with them when he got called out. Dexter, of course, is fascinated, despite the goofy wig Michael C. Hall's wearing. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) Harry indulges Dexter's analysis, but when Deb sticks her head out of the car window to ask about it, he sharply tells her to get back in the car. Bless her. Second fiddle to Dexter again. We hear that Harry knows who the killer is. He's the victim's pimp, and Harry orders a warrant. The flashback ends. Dexter's woken up by a knock at the door. It's Rita, kind of sheepishly coming in carrying coffee. A nice reversal of Dexter's former normal morning routine, arriving at her house armed with coffee. Remember the last episode, they'd acknowledged they still had feelings for each other. She said the kids keep asking about him. She says it's confusing for them. With Paul dying and her mum moving out, Dexter not being around, it feels to them like they're being abandoned by everyone they love. And at those words, Dexter looks up. He asks if that means they're dating again, but... I like to think it was Rita telling him the kids love him that struck a chord. That these children love him. Him, the monster he says he is. Perhaps, perhaps it's something for him to hold on to. To help pull himself along the road he'd like to follow. (laughs) Maybe that's a profound way of putting it. But I think it touches Dexter to know that someone loves him. Apart from Deb, that is. It's kind of, maybe it's kind of humbling. As for dating... Rita understandably thinks that that that's rushing it a bit, but they arrange to hang at the beach at the weekend. Dexter, in voiceover, acknowledges that he's been selfish, just thinking about what happens to him. He realises how it would affect Rita and the kids if they found out he was the Bay Harbour butcher. So here we see some progress for Dexter, acknowledging his selfishness. At Miami PD, Deb goes to talk to LaGuerta. She looks like she's feeling a bit sick at the prospect. She wants to know why LaGuerta didn't tell anyone about the call from Doakes. She replies that she believes Doakes is innocent. She believes in him. Deb wonders whether it's worth risking her career for, but LaGuerta comes back with something that gives Deb something deep to think about. She says, if you really care about someone, you do what you have to do. So, some foreshadowing there may be. I mean, it's one of the show's key questions whether Deb ever finds out Dexter's secret, and if she does, how will she react? She's not thinking about Dexter here, of course, but it does give her food for thought. They hold a task force briefing, after which Masuka and Dexter resume analysing the victim evidence. Deb barges in to demand to know why Dexter asked Lundy to pull his protective detail. Masuka says she's going to hit you, isn't she? (laughs) He gets sent packing, in no uncertain terms, and he has a funny line about pulling hair. It's not very manly, but it's very effective. I love Masuka. (laughs) Dexter gives the argument he gave to Lundy, but Deb drops a line about Lundy just wanting to solve the case and move on. Dexter picks up on this, and she tells him that he's the only one she can really count on. Dexter muses how she'd explode if she ever found out the truth about him. It'd be a waste of a good cop and a sister. He realizes how this isn't just about him anymore. There's Deb, Rita, and the kids. So <laughs> he's got to do something about dokes. This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast.
1: It helps me control the chaos.
0: Back at the cabin. Doakes is using his belt to try and hook a phone he's spotted on a nearby table, but Dexter comes in before he can get it. Dexter gives him some water, no reason for you to suffer, he says, before opening up his bag of kill tools. Dexter explains how of the two killers in the room, one of them has to go. He weighed them up, and while they both serve the public interest, Dexter has people who depend on him, who'd be devastated if they knew what he did. But Doakes is a lone wolf. We notice Dokes's eyes start to roll a bit and I started to wonder if Dexter had put something in the water. Then Dexter finds the phone Dokes is trying to get when it beeps for a text message, dashing Dokes's hope of a possible escape route, but they're still fighting him. He basically says come in here and get me. However, Dexter has that covered. He did indeed slip something in the water, although Dokes has something to say.
1: You think you're a fucking hero, don't you? Cleaning up the fucking streets. Your old man would be proud my old man was proud he knew he really was a fucking whack job
2: name calling at this juncture what's the point
1: (laughs) besides my father was a legend on the force is that what you think (laughs) 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 they never told you told me told me what
0: hey what about my father what about my father and dokes is out oh balls (laughs) now dexter can't kill him just yet he's gonna want to know more isn't he remember the episode title there's something about harry and it sounds like there is apart from being a questionable parent that is we cut to Lila's apartment where Batista's there helping her repaint her house after the fire. It's a very brief scene, almost jarringly brief, just long enough for us to learn that Batista's seeing his sister at the weekend. He says his ex never lets him see her on the weekend, which is a real shame and surprising. As a dad, you'd think he'd have better access. I mean, it's, it's not like the split was due to spousal abuse or anything. Lila doesn't seem interested in hearing about the girl, though. We cut back to the cabin. Dexter's musing how Doakes said he had two choices, but there is a third. Hand him over to the FBI, gift-wrapped. He puts Doakes' fingerprints on the kill tools and puts him back in the cage with food, drink and a bucket. Of course, Doakes is still unconscious at this point. The tools he then dumps in the harbour, where he knows they'll be quickly found. Flashback time. It's Deb's birthday. Dexter and Harry are there when our old friend Tom Matthews knocks at the door to speak with Harry. And it's not good news. Harry's angry. The killer they referred to in the earlier flashback has walked because of a typo in the warrant. Dexter asks if his dad is okay, and Harry looks at him and says, I did the right thing in training you. Now, this got me annoyed yet again at his parenting. Does he view Dexter as a son or a tool to bring extreme justice to those who are helped by a flawed legal system or both? It's bizarre, yet here it is, and in the heat of Harry's temper with the bad news from Matthews, Harry feels his actions are being justified. Then we go from one angry person to another. Deborah, (laughs) who bumps into Lundy, who asks her about her moodiness, and she tells him about what he said that had upset her about him moving on when the case is over. He makes a fair point that it's his job to track serial killers, and they could be anywhere. It seems she just hadn't thought that far ahead, but she goes off in a strop anyway. She'll calm down. She's an intelligent girl. They do have a connection together, but Lundy's priority in life is his job. It's just a shame for Deb. We then catch up with Batista, who's talking to Dexter about what to do with his daughter at the weekend. Amazingly, Dexter's full of sound advice about entertaining kids. He mentions going to the beach with Rita and her kids, and Batista suggests that he and his daughter tag along. Now, when he said this, did you think the same as me? That he'll bring that crazy woman with him? No, don't say yes, Dexter. Uh,
2: uh
0: sure, I guess. Shit.
2: You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Is that serious shit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but then... Dexter has the sense to suggest that Lila doesn't come too, and Angel reassures him she's just an after-hours project. What a smoothie. Then a phone goes off in Dexter's pocket. It's Jimenez's mobile that he found in the cabin. He's had a threatening text from someone we presume is connected with the drugs in the cabin. Dexter quickly traces the message and IDs the sender, one Christopher Harlow, currently wanted under suspicion for murder. Dexter might need to do something about this. He sends a message back, asking to meet at the cabin, but the reply suggests that Harlow doesn't know about the place, so maybe Dexter's safe there. Dexter finds Deb going through Doakes' evidence, including a photo of Doakes looking all broody and serious with a massive Jackson 5 afro. Hilarious! (laughs) Dex brings up the subject of the flashback. Deb's birthday when Harry got an upsetting visit from Matthews. He's still understandably bothered by what Dokes teased him with. Deb doesn't know anything about the killer that got free, but she does mention that she'd have liked she'd have liked a heart-to-heart chat with her dad sometimes. Dexter muses how she had it rough. Harry always had his hands full teaching him, so what was Dokes on about? Lila wanders into the police office. Batista talks to her about the weekend, but she seems a bit distracted, looking around the office, presumably watching out for a glimpse of Dexter, who'd spotted her before she did and <laughs> did a backtrack. <laughs> Batista notices her lack of focus, especially when he notices her reaction when he mentions Dexter trying to work things out with Rita. He's not a chump, but he mumbles something about hoping she's worth it. Now, from his conversation with Dexter before, we know he realises that he's punching above his weight with Lila, but if he has a chance of getting her in the sack, he's going to take it. He's obviously happy to just indulge her, and hope he gets something out of it. It might be a bit shallow, but he's not under any misconceptions, he knows what he's doing. Dexter goes back to the cabin, and Doak seems to have worked out Dexter's code. He's realised that Dexter's not killed him yet because he doesn't fit the code. We know this is true, of course, and it gives Dokes an advantage. The conversation turns back to Harry, and Dokes reveals there was mystery surrounding Harry's death. Dexter knew it to be heart disease, but Dokes says the mystery about it was something someone high up didn't want finding out. But that's all that Dokes says. Dexter realises he's being wound up and comes out with a good line, but Dokes has a better comeback
1: sure Special Ops taught you to rattle your captor, but I should warn you, Sergeant, you can't play on my feelings. I don't have any. Oh, really? Who's lying now?
0: I love that little exchange. We know that Dexter has more feelings than he cares to admit. We cut to the golf course where Captain Matthews is teeing off. Dexter approaches and asks him about Harry's death. Matthews tells him that, Years of seeing killers escape the system took their toll and Harry took an overdose of his heart medicine. Now does this give us some insight into Harry's motivation? He was so deeply affected by the flawed legal system that he responded by guiding his adopted son in the way that he did. It does seem extreme, but maybe he wasn't so emotionally or mentally stable. Although he certainly seems pretty stable in the flashbacks. Dexter walks away musing how it doesn't make sense. Elsewhere, LaGuardia presents Lundy with what she says proves Doakes isn't the Bay Harbour butcher. It's detailed notes from a stakeout she and Doakes were on for about two solid weeks, during which time one of the victims went missing. However, Lundy dismisses it because he says she's ruined her credibility when she hid the fact that Doakes had called her. We join Dexter and Rita and the kids at the beach where Batista is charging around humorously, (laughs) pretending to be a monster. It's goofy but fun. He's knackered, bless him, but Dexter makes excuses when he tries to tag him in to take over. Of course, we know Dexter's distracted by the news about Harry. Surprisingly for him, he confides in Rita about it. And well done him. Dexter of of old would have just kept it inside, brooded and isolated himself. After he leaves the beach, Jimenez's phone goes off again. It's the text he didn't want. Harlow has found out where the cabin is, and he's on his way. Dexter has to think fast. It's lucky Harlow fits the code, really. He texts to meet him behind his bar. We cut briefly to Lila, as she somewhat strangely buys some Rohypnol. The guy's understandably puzzled, but sells it anyway. What would she want a date-rape drug for? Actually, going back to that that text message where Dexter says meet me behind the bar, didn't he and Lila go on uh, an overnight road trip to go and see Jimenez at the bar? That suggests it's not that close. So I don't know. You could raise some maybe some continuity question marks about time frame there. (laughs) But we move on regardless. We love Dexter, don't we? We join Deb and Lundy at lunch. It's so sweet. She tells him that she enjoyed the not knowing in their relationship, not knowing what could happen when the case ended. Then, when he seemed to assume they'd be over, that feeling was squashed, but Lundy gives, him, gives her his side of it, that he'd assumed she'd have got bored of him by then, bored by his age. They laugh together, and it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling, only briefly, because the phone rings. They've got a hit on one of Doakes' IDs from, the, from a car rental place. At Lila's apartment, Batista's doing more painting. Lila brings him a glass of wine and she ends up dropping her dress and taking him to bed, telling him she likes it rough. Now at this point, did you think she'd slip the rohypnol in his drink? Back at the cabin, Dexter comes in carrying a body. Doakes realises he means to kill him in front of him. Dexter also says how this will be Doakes' final victim, revealing that he means to implicate Doakes as the butcher. You can now see some panic in Doakes's eyes, and he tries to talk Dexter out of it. Cut back to Lila's, and Batista's finished with a glorious outpouring of Spanish superlatives. Pretty funny. <laughs> Lila goes to the bathroom and takes some rohipnol herself. Outside, Batista hears a crash. He rushes in and finds Lila in a heap on the floor. He dials 99911, but at this point, we might start to get an inkling of what she's up to. She asks him for rough sex, then takes her a hypnol and collapses. Is she trying to set him up? Question is, why would she do that? We cut back to the cabin again. Doakes is still desperately trying to talk Dexter out of killing this man. But of course, he fails. Dexter has nothing to lose by hiding from Doakes now. He just puts up his plastic sheets and gets on with it. Afterwards, Dokes seems to be quite traumatised by this. I still feel so sorry for him. What what must be going through his mind? Dexter talks to him, but Dokes just says, stay away from me. Something that triggers a memory for Dexter. Something that happened three days before Harry died. And in the flashback, we see young Dexter cutting up the body of the pimp. Harry'd been told had escaped justice. Harry comes in and looks rather shocked. I got him for you, says Dexter. Harry looks quite horrified and kind of nods before throwing up all over the floor. Just stay away, he says. In a flash, the reality of what he's created hits him. This is the fruit of his parenting, and perhaps in that moment, Harry instantly was horrified at what he'd done all these years, his son calmly standing over this part-dismembered body.
1: It was me. The idea of a code was one thing, a grand idea, a noble cause, but the reality of it. Harry walked in on what he created, and he couldn't live with himself. What, Morgan? What now?
0: That's quite something for Dexter to realize—a new cross to bear. But then again, it was Harry who put it there in the first place, training and guiding him like he did. Harry, you got to say he took the coward's way out. Okay, it was a shock to face the reality of what he created. But if he had—if he had any love for Dexter, he could have stuck around and tried to remedy it, done something. Perhaps Dexter will realize that in due course. But for now. He obviously just thinks he's responsible for Harry taking his own life. So, quite a thud to end the episode with. An intriguing and insightful episode with the reveal of Harry's suicide and Lila seemingly setting up Batista. I would argue it maybe isn't the best episode of the season, but one that certainly moves things on nonetheless. Let's hear what you thought.
1: Listener feedback.
0: Okay, firstly, thanks to W. Shannon for their iTunes review. Very kind words. Uh, Amongst which, they mentioned that they'd downloaded the last two podcasts and they went back to listen from the start which I very much appreciate, although, (laughs) bye. I was rough back in those first few podcasts. (laughs) Kind of feeling my way and establishing the format for the podcast. Uh, I think I'd probably cringe if I went back and (laughs) re-listened. But there we go, I appreciate your support. They also mention about adding more shows to talk about. Now, I don't know, uh, Shannon, if you've heard my other podcast, Gareth's Waste of Time, that's the forum that i use to chat about other tv shows that i watch so check that out on itunes i talk about a whole variety of other tv shows including breaking bad uh oh i talked about lost back in the day nip tuck um fringe uh doctor who sherlock oh blimey uh oz all sorts <laughs> six feet under um Yeah, check it out, have a look. Uh, I try to put in the description for each episode which shows I cover. Uh, So, have a look at that. And and thanks for the review. And there goes the lorry, sorry about that. Okay, uh, a bit of feedback on the last episode. Uh, Matthew Battles sent in a voicemail.
1: Hey, Gareth, it's Matt from London. I was kicking myself when I saw that you got this podcast out already. I really had, like, stuff to say from the last episode as well. But, yet again, time got away from me, so... I just thought I'd throw in my one main point, which was that um, that little flicker of emotion that you felt, uh, you know, that Dexter had when he was giving Astra and Cody a hug. I agree with you there. Uh, I think there was this little noise came out of him, and I think that was a flicker of some genuine sadness and regret. You know, one of those rare little moments we get from Dexter where he's actually feeling something. So that was quite nice. Um, That shot you were talking about, uh, when Dexter found the slides were gone, they call that a reverse zoom. Um, It's achieved by zooming in on a focus point, i.e. Dexter's face, while pulling back on tracks. The camera tries to do both, and the the effect is that weird sort of thing that you get, which I think is really awesome, and I'd love to see it done. Um, A lot, I love it. Um, you also asked whether Doakes and LaGuerta had been in a relationship before. Uh, the answer is a complete yes. Um, in series two, episode five, the dark offender, Doakes um, asked LaGuerta while they're on a stage out looking for the corn dude killer of that episode if they wanted to pass the time in the car like they used to. And LaGuerta reacted in a way that clearly he was talking about having sex. Um, and then again, in the following episode, Dex lies in videotape. After Dex files his um, complaint about Dope's being in his office, Guerta tells him, You're obsessed, and I need you to see it. We've been down on this road before, and last time it cost you our relationship. So, yeah, it has been said explicitly that they were lovers. Uh, those are my points on last podcast. I promise at some point... I'll get around to watching this episode and um, giving you some feedback on the next one. All right, catch you soon. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks, Matthew. Good to hear from you again. The main point in your voicemail for me to comment on now is your response to my query about Dokes and LaGuerta and whether they once had a thing. Uh, You mentioned the scene in episode 5 when he says about passing the time like they used to. And you're right. I rewatched the this scene. He does say it in a very flirty way and she's kind of soft and coy in her response. I think we're supposed to interpret that there was definitely something in the past. It would definitely explain why she's willing to put her career at risk to help him. So I'm sure you're right. And Thanks for the voicemail. So feedback on... Uh, there's something about Harry. On the Facebook page, Sandra Paiser said, In this episode, the story picks up speed. Lila is clearly obsessed by Dexter and would take harsh actions to get him back, playing with fire there. Lundy and Deborah have a fight when it's clear their relationship will end when the case is solved. I very much like the atmosphere in the cabin, you could almost feel the humidity and the swamp around it. A great episode with a lot of speed and threats for Dexter at every corner, one of my favourite episodes. Thanks Sandra, yes they definitely created a sweaty atmosphere in that cabin. I did like those scenes, Hall and King did a great job together. King especially adjusting his performance as the direction of direction of the story changed like when he seemed to gain the upper hand, having that knowledge of Harry and then the panic when he realized he was about to witness a murder and the shock afterwards, I think Dexter's kind of forgotten about Lila for the time being he's got so much on his plate, but of course we see she's still scheming and what she's doing to Batista is bound to have something to do with Dexter.
2: Gareth, my Olympic man, how's it going? It's Travis. Uh, we're here to do it again. This time we're talking uh, episode 10 of season 2. There's something about Harry. And first, I'd just like to comment. I think that's a very funny title. The show occasionally does have really clever titles. Um, but yeah, uh, unsurprisingly, this episode was all about Harry, of course, and the revelation that uh, he. Killed himself, and not just that he killed himself, but I guess he killed himself in as a reaction towards um dexter and I guess Harry felt something like guilt or I don't know I'm not exactly sure what he felt. Harry felt something and killed himself because of it um the whole season, all the flashbacks we've seen of harry he 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 wasn't the same Harry that we saw in season one in season one um I guess apart from his decision to 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 teach Dexter to kill people, I think uh, everyone loved Harry. I mean, there was like really nothing wrong with him. He seemed like a really good dad. He really cared about Dexter. This season, they were kind of setting us up for something else. I I wasn't happy seeing Harry become a, like a big asshole. Every time we saw him this season, he was always saying saying something stupid or kind of being selfish. Um, and then this, you no, know, so then we find out in this episode, Harry mortalized himself um yeah i don't know uh what i'll say about that. That, that that rock dexter's world i imagine that would rock anybody's world i'd be really upset if i found out a, a loved one uh a loved one of mine killed themselves you know you start to blame yourself i guess in, in dexter's case uh he may have a little bit more justification in blaming himself but i've never really liked to normalize suicide i think that the Suicide is never a, a rational reaction to any kind of um, to any kind of behavior going on, uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, so yeah, I mean that was uh, that was crazy. Um, other than that, I don't remember much about anything that I want to talk about this episode. I know Dexter decided he was going to frame Dokes. You know, he he dumped the the, the tools in the ocean. ...for them to be seen, so he's going through with that instead of killing Dokes, which perhaps would be easier, but Dexter doesn't want to break that code. But we got to realize, you know, now that Dexter is kind of, his world's been rocked by Harry, is Dexter going to follow this code? Maybe he will just kill Dokes, you know, in the next episode or two. That'd be crazy to find out, you know? That's something that I'm looking forward to, watching uh, the next episode. we got two episodes left this season, so shit's getting crazy, the noose is tightening... It's gonna go down. It's gonna happen. Uh, It was sweet to watch uh, Dexter and Rita bond at the beach. Dexter opened up about Harry killing himself. You know, Dexter being a little more vulnerable. Being um, a human with Rita. That was nice. Uh, I think the last thing I want to say is just a funny little thing that I notice every time I watch this episode. Um, When uh, Lila roofies herself you know, and to to frame a angel for date raping her uh she's in the bathroom and then you know angel does the right thing and calls the police but lila has a phone right next to her toilet in her bathroom who does that look at that scene again he just procures that phone from right beside the the damn toilet who has a phone next to their toilet who's talking on the phone what adult is talking on the phone when they're in the restroom doing that kind of business Lila, you nasty.
0: Thanks, Travis. You talked there about Harry's suicide. I think he was probably so utterly overwhelmed by the gravity of what he'd done. His nurturing over so many years, training, and suddenly the reality of, of that was right in front of him in glorious bloody technicolor. I'm not honestly sure what he expected. He was surely intending Dexter to go this way. He'd seen enough dead bodies in his time as a police officer, yet here was one, right in front of him, killed by his own son, murdered solely because of the guidance he himself had given. Here is the monster he created, ladies and gentlemen, his own son. The stark reality just too much for him to bear. I still think it's the coward's way out for him to commit suicide. Dexter idolised Harry. He could have surely made efforts to turn it around. Now, I've criticised Harry a lot over the last several podcasts, slating his appalling parenting, driven by what's been portrayed as largely selfish reasons. But you're right that he's not bad in every way. He does seem like a good guy at heart, respected by his peers. And he wasn't just turning Dexter loose on the world, as as well as helping him to channel his darkness. He, he was helping him to do it and stay undetected, stay safe. Ah, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about Harry and his parenting. And your last point there about the phone by the toilet. Hey, Travis, what Lila chooses to do while she's in the can is her business, all right? (laughs) She set fire to her own apartment and just dosed herself with rohypnol to frame an innocent man. (laughs) I think talking on the phone while she's having a poo is peanuts by comparison. (laughs) Cut the girl some slack. (laughs) Okay, thanks everyone. If you want to leave me a voicemail you can in the u.s the listener line is 646-222-6122 in the uk it's 0844-579-6949 and with the uk line you enter mailbox id 08320 when prompted or you could send me a voice recording via email it's dissectingdexter at gmail.com where you could also send a good old-fashioned email there's also Twitter at dissect Dexter or my personal Twitter at Gareth underscore UK and the Facebook page jump onto Facebook search for dissecting Dexter and Bob's your uncle
1: Harry you never prepared me for this one what do I do
2: dissecting dexter
0: this podcast is brought to you in association with Audible, one of the premier online purveyors of audio content for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Dissecting Dexter, Audible are offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check out their service. Hop over to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Now, I would like to give you a recommendation this time. There was a lot of controversy surrounding my recommendation last time and um, I guess I should apologise. It wasn't really in keeping with the themes of of Dexter, the TV show, or even dissecting Dexter, the podcast, but hey, there we go. (laughs) My recommendation this time out is an audiobook called The Serial Killer Whisperer by Pete Early. It tells the true story of Tony Siaglia, who, after suffering a terrible brain injury as a teenager, suffered from terrible emotions and rages. Shunned by friends, he took to writing to serial killers on a whim and strangely found that he could emotionally connect with these people. Soon, many of America's most dangerous psychopaths were revealing graphic details to Tony, including about crimes they'd never even been convicted of. Some even called Tony a best friend, but there was a price. Tony found all this pushed him to the brink of despair, questioning his own sanity. But he found a way to channel his gift and now conducts his own searches for forgotten victims, using clues often provided to him, willingly by the killers themselves. It's an inspiring true story of an American family shattered by a terrible accident and how healing and closure came to a tormented man by connecting with monsters. The Serial Killer Whisperer is available for you to download for free if you sign up for that free one-month trial with Audible and you'll be helping out support the podcast in the process. The trial gives you one free audiobook download from any one of their vast, enormous catalogue of titles. And I thank you for it.
2: Next time on Dissecting Dexter.
0: The next episode is the penultimate of season two and it's called Left Turn Ahead. Now, what Dexter does next remains to be seen. It's a massive thing to feel like you've driven your father to take his own life. How's he going to react? Will he try to avoid anyone else getting hurt? There's this small matter of doke still to deal with while we have the sinking feeling that Batista could be up for a fall after Lila's actions. The question remains though as to why she's setting him up, presumably to get back with or get back at Dexter. She's obviously deluded though. (laughs) Dexter likes Batista, I can't see him taking this lightly. Things are ramping up as we're near the end of the season. I think we've still got some fun and games in store. that my friends is the end of another dissecting dexter again apologies for it being so long since the last rewatch i'm recording this on the 24th of august 2012 and we're well we're just about a month away from season seven airing so whether i get the last two rewatches of season two done before the new season airs remains to be seen i'll, I'll definitely try to get one out and i'm hoping to do a a bit of a preview show as well uh, get a couple of guests on to maybe predict uh, what what might happen in the next season and maybe wrap up any loose ends coming from season six as well. So um, watch out for that. And as I say, I'm still working on, on getting some more interviews for you. So uh, keep your eye on the Facebook page and the Twitter feed for all the latest news about the podcast. Until I speak to you again, thanks very much for your support and for your downloads. And until we dissect some more Dexter, hopefully very soon. <laughs> Cheers for now, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. We'll